Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners, it's your boy, your host, your favorite host, not my co-host, your favorite host, the main host, Cristiano of To The Point Home Services Podcast. But I do have my favorite host, Mr. Top Paul Redman on with me. What's up, brother? Way to insult me and also edify me at the same in the same moment. So thank you very much. I it's appreciate our role, that. bro. It's our role. I'm Good a, to see I, We were together last week, man. It seems like uh, it's been forever since we've gotten to do that. Yeah, it was nice. Um, nice to, to have, you know, always have you in here. It's always a good time. It's always a, a great distraction. Um, because <laughs> real the, life. The volume of, of laughing and jokes is always at a, uh, at a maximum level, which is, is good for the soul. We have a good time, but man, we get to work. Like yeah. this is two times a year. We sit down, we, we hole up in, um, in a cabin in the woods and like seven thirty to ten thirty work on the business and not all fun stuff. It's not all just like podcasts and jokes. Yeah, I mean, so you had to just, tell me to shut up and sit down once. I did have to tell you to shut up and sit down, which I don't recommend. Um, I'm not a business <laughs> coach. That might not be the best way to approach it, but you know, I, I was a passionate moment. Did uh, I sit down? You did sit down. I did sit down. Yeah, I appreciated it. Um, so ironically enough, that same cabin is where I have talked to our guests for the first time. Um, and what's interesting, and this is what I love about social media, is uh, you can, man, I met a lot of people in this industry just on social, especially through COVID because everybody was holed up, you know, and, and wherever they were. But um, we had like a lot of similarities. I almost felt like he was my brother from another mother. Um, kind of live in a, a simultaneous lifestyle, uh, if you will, except his is a little bit, better than mine um but there was a lot of similarities and i reached out i was just like dude every time this guy posts a picture i swear we're doing the same shit <laughs> so, remember that brent yeah for real and uh i would go to the cabin he was at his cabin i was in my can-am he's on his can am like it was just the the you know, they have uh, four him and his fiance have four kids i've got four kids. like just all these things are adding up and i was like dude like i feel like we've already been friends forever but um i want to talk about our guests real quick um, and go ahead and get the introduction. We have a great podcast, especially if you're in a sales, uh, if you're in a sales position anywhere, HVAC plumbing, whatever it is. Um, this guy has absolutely destroyed it in sales, but he's also been in it a long time. So this, for those who might be listening that are new um, to a sales role or, or a few years in or whatever, um, man, the opportunity for you to make a phenomenal living for yourself is huge huge and guess what the trades are a recession proof business so you picked a good one um but i do want to share with uh, about our guests a couple little things so what i like to do when i bring somebody on is i do a little deep dive now i do know our guests a little better than some of the others that come on at least personally um he came down to phoenix what was that about was that two weeks ago brent yeah it was like two weeks so it comes down yeah. uh, ishmael who we had from next gen he was over it in phoenix <clears> and <throat> travis frankie from pro skill okay we all got together uh, jerry finney um, who's also up in Vegas and O'Brien oh, from SFMP. So actually a few guests we've had on here, we all got to get together here in Phoenix and just kind of have a little powwow. It was pretty, pretty fun, pretty fun night. Yeah. It was a blast. Man. You, drove, a you <laughs> drove your Audi R8 from Vegas down here. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping to get there in three hours, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> Jeez, dude. So awesome, man. That was a, it was a pretty fun night. Well, listen, our, now you're from, 
you're actually from um, Vegas originally, right? Well, I was I was born in California um, in the Bay Area, San Jose, and I moved to Vegas when I was 14. And um, so I went to high school and everything here. And, you know, so Vegas is home, you know, um, friends, family and everybody's here. So I was wrong. Uh, so he's not from Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at 14, that's a pretty significant time you spent in California. 14, you end up going to Cheyenne High School, which, by the way, what the hell is a desert shield? I have no idea. It, it's it's something that blocks the dust in you in the face. I don't know. <laughs> that was your mascot in high school? <laughs> that was our mascot. Were yeah. you embarrassed of that? No, because everyone, you know, <laughs> we all went to the same high school. So, yeah, nobody ever really talked about no. it. But, yeah, it was. It was kind of a little dumb. Now, Not didn't, sure. didn't you Listen. do a stint in Colorado too? Yeah. So uh, my dad, he's been in the heating and AC business since I was a little kid. And, you know, I would go without, uh, out with him on side jobs and stuff, you know, on the weekends and help him. And then um, when I was 18, I graduated high school. I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, what my next step was. And of course, it naturally came uh, to air conditioning, you know, because it's been a family business, really. Right, right. And so, yeah, I did move out to Colorado um, when I was 18 and um, started as a helper uh, for new installations on uh, residential HVAC. And um, and then uh, you guys know J.D. Hill. He's uh, he's a client of ours. Yeah, he's been. He's a mentor of mine and, um, you know, we've been friends, you know, for 20, you know, 18 years. So he's the one that kind of took me to the next level, you know, paid uh, for some schooling for me to go into service tech school um, through the Airtime 500 program at the time. Um, And so, yeah, I, I, I thank him a lot for everything he's done for me over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, me and him are friends. So we spent, I spent about, probably a year and a half, two years in Colorado and, um, and then end up migrating back, back to Vegas, which is kind of home where my, you know, my family was all at my brothers, sisters, aunt, uncles, mom. So. Got it. Yeah. I, back in the day, like when I first learned of who you were over the last couple of months, your last name, I was like, Buckley, I know Bob Buckley. So I used to work with your dad when he worked for JD. Um, I was his manufacturer rep and man, he used to call me at like five 30, six in the morning and be like, where's my truck? Where's my truck or whatever it was. And I was so like, you know how in some businesses you've got to have like the good guy. So JD was the good guy. He was like the friendly guy. Well, Bob was his, like his hitman. And so yeah. anytime he's, Bob called, it was not a good day for me, but over time, yeah. what I learned, your dad's kind of soft. Like he, he's, a, he's got a tender heart and he's a good dude. So it was, it was cool getting to kind of connect those dots. Yeah. He's, he's a hard head and um, he's, very knowledgeable in the industry and he's old school and um so you know i learned my worth at work ethic through you know watching him over the years when i was growing up and stuff and you know that's one thing you can teach your kids that that you know never disappoint yeah good for you small world so what i want you to listen to uh everyone listeners to hone in on right now is the name of this episode is how a single guy sell 7 million. And that's not over the lifetime of his job. That's a year. Now, you're not going to come out of the gate and do that. I think that's pretty clear. But it's certainly an option. And it happens. If you want to break that down, that's just under $600,000 in sales a month. Mm. Now, 
again, there's many variables, but that's real life. That's a real thing. And I want to talk through that. So I want to jump in. Um, yeah, you kind of, so you, you really grew up in the trades and because your dad had, your dad had done it. Right. So then yeah. so did he make that connection in Colorado for you? And then you went there or like how, and then maybe yeah. like, and how did you get your, make your way back to Vegas? Cause you were, you know, you're working at, um, yes, uh, air conditioning and plumbing, which is, so Ken, give me that because they are, because actually you, you even have some crossover with Ken Goodrich who's been on. Yeah. So, cause Ken, you, so did you work for, at for or with yeah you worked with ken at some point right until he sold yeah so um when i decided so uh, when i was in colorado i was doing installs and um i was selling a lot iq on installation jobs that the salespeople were selling and uh jd saw that i had kind of a niche for that and so he he's actually the one that sent me to the school and uh became a service tech and uh went to some sales training through uh airtime 500 and immediately began to sell equipment as a selling tech. Um, so I was there for about a year. Um, I think I did probably about a million dollars my first year in the industry as a selling tech, as a full-time selling tech. Um, and then I decided to move back to Vegas. Well, JD knew Ken Goodrich and my dad knew Ken Goodrich. Um, and so when I, you know, they were upset that I was leaving at the time, you know, it's kind of a, you know, bittersweet moment, but um, when they sent me back, when I went back to Vegas, they knew Ken Goodrich and they hooked me up with Ken. And at the time he was starting up, yes, air conditioning. It had already been started up for like a year and a half, two years. Um, so I got the opportunity and I later found out that JD sold me to Ken Goodrich. <laughs> of course, that makes all the sense in the world, by the way, that's all coming together so, now. So, um, so funny. <laughs> So I ended up um, working with Ken Goodrich side by side. Um, we grew Yes Air Conditioning. Um, I think they were doing maybe three or four million at the time. And, you know, currently we're going to hit 30 million this year, which is a record. So, um, you know, as far as the sales go, you know, it's been an increase every year and in gradual um, movement. You know, it's not been overnight success. Um, it, it's, it's taken me, you know, about 18 years to get to $7 million and wow. we're never going back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I been... see, I see you making posts too, because we're friends, you know, um, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I mean, I see you putting in long days, so it's not like you're just out there like raking in the dough and like working being a part-timer. No, you put in some long hours too. Yeah. Over the years, I've been able to manage my time a little better and, um, you know, so in the summer months, I really uh, put an effort into spending, you know, a lot of time on the on on the business, you know, and in the winter time is when I relax a little bit and spend less time. But I'll work every weekend during the summer, you know, unless I got plans to go out of town or something. But that's usually only a couple of times, maybe during the summer, you know, uh, summertime. So. So you went from selling tech, you broke a million dollars, you moved to Vegas, you're still a selling tech, and now you're just selling and you're doing, you know, over $7 million a year. What are, what have been some of the like breakthroughs or key moments along that journey? Well, you know, the breakthroughs is, you know, the technical part of it is easy. You know, um, it's, it's the breakthroughs are with customer relations, being able to, you know, relate to customers and sell with empathy. That's really been a bit breakthrough with me. You know, Jen, 
just generally caring about a customer's situation because most of the time when, you know, people are hit with heating and AC stuff or plumbing, you know, it's, it's an emergency, it's unexpected, you know, you come in and you want to, you know, sell them a new 10 or 20 or $30,000 HVAC system, you know, there's going to be some emotion involved. And um, so being able to master that and be able to communicate with customers and really get on their level um, it, it has been a game changer for me. Yeah. I want to talk about something real quick. You said, you said two keyword triggers that um, really matter to me that we are, our values here are at Rhino. Um, so I guess I should tee that up real quick for those that are listening for the first time. I'm the CEO of a digital marketing company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, been around since 2008. So I'm kind of in this, been in the same world a long time, just different capacity. Um, but here we have a, uh, you know, a foundation of certain values and, and empathy you said is one. Um, and then genuinely caring is two. Something that um, I think proves that value in you, Brent, is you, you at the end of October, you bought uh, air conditioning unit and you guys did an install for el- elderly couple. I saw it on Fox five. New- I think it's a Fox five news clip that someone had posted. You did that up there. I had no clue um, until I saw that. Is that, was that this, that was just this past year. Yeah. I, I had no clue either. <laughs> um, I, I ended up doing this. My marketing guy is the one that surprised me with Fox five out there, but yeah, we had um, an elderly couple that had been going through some issues um, living without air conditioning and, so I decided to, to donate, you know, an air conditioning to them. And I got the company to donate their time and material to do it and the crane to donate, you know, so cool. their time. So it was a great experience. And, um, you know, although I can't do that for everybody, you know, um, it, it was a, a great experience for me personally and, um, and for the company really. And the, all, everyone that was involved, a lot of guys donated their time as well to do the installation and, and um, it was amazing. So if you can figure out, you know, you how to sell with empathy and understand and get, you know, on a customer's level and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be successful. Can you break down selling with empathy down into kind of a process? Like how does that, how do you involve that into your, your process from, you know, the first time you meet with a customer through the installation? Well, you know, getting to know the customer firsthand uh, you know, about their lives, their kids, their family, their house. Um, you know, you, you get to hear a lot of their, you know, people want to vent to you, you know, they want to tell their story about, you know, what's going on in their lives right now. Some are good and some are not good, you know? And, um, so just listening to somebody and caring and, and, you know, it's a vibe that you put off that, people can you know can relate to they can see that you care you know and i do i generally care you got to care you this is not something you can fake you know you got to care you got to have empathy and you know honestly i probably give too many discounts (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's because i i care and i um you know i really like to see people happy and make their situation better yeah i think that you can't fake uh, empathy. I think it really, I mean, I guess maybe you, you, I don't know. I don't see how, um, if it comes natural, then it's easy. I think easier for you to connect. 
Um, but there are certain things that you can ask. I think the key ingredient would be to actually listen, you know, not to listen to have an answer, but listen to listen and to understand yeah. is important. Um, and that can be hard too. Um, Some of these people, they, they, um, they don't have anybody to talk to. So, you know, when they, when you come to their house, you know, and they've had a lot going on in their life, you might be the only person they get to talk to that month, you yep. know? Well, good for you, man, being a good dude, because it's easy to have a lot of success and just kind of hoard it and like be, you know, and be about you. But um, I think it is equally as important to, to give, give back. And at least that's how we feel. I feel that way, passionate about, passionately about giving back. So good for you. So I want to go quick to kind of earlier in the beginning. So for maybe some of our listeners that are still kind of early on, maybe say first, you know, five years into this deal and they're selling and maybe they're not even reaching a million. I mean, even a million in sales, at least in my world, seems like a, a really great number, and especially kind of where the, 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 where the market you were in. But um, what were, in the beginning, some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome with sales? So, I mean, obviously, there's different objections or whatever, but like, what do you, what can you look back and be like, damn, these are the defining mm-hmm. moments where I was like, these are hurdles that I, I could, you know, that I was, that I couldn't get past. And then when I did, I was able to hit another stride. Um, my ego and my mindset, it was all mental for me, Huge. you know? Um, you know, it took me a lot of years to get my ego in check, you know, and understand that, that you're not the best and, you know, you're there to help. And, you know, so yeah, my ego, if I look back, I, I, my ego has been the biggest challenge in, um, in, in the years past, you know, um, and my mindset, you know, when, when you're having a bad sales cycle, you know, you're not selling anything for days on end it just kind of tumbles down um even worse and now you know i look at it as just part of the game to win you know and um you're gonna have bad days and you have good days and and you can't let that affect uh your next call you know and um so those are the biggest hurdles i think that i've gone through and it's been more mental you know than anything else but um yeah so How do you stay sharp? Like what are some routines or practices that you have that you kind of resort to when you're in a slump or the days are getting long, or maybe your close rate dips a little bit? Like what are some of those things you do? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Well, um, I'm continuously doing training, listening to books, um, trying to better myself as a person. Um, and it just naturally comes, you know, to, to motivate me um, and inspire me to do, you know, more out in the field and change my mindset. Um, also, you know, talking to my mentors, you know, like I talk to Ken Goodrich quite a bit, you know, I talk to him when I'm having issues or challenges and he's been somebody there to listen that knows exactly, you know, what's going on. And Jake, my GM, you know, he's been great and they, they kind of help and assist me. And um, so in these Facebook groups too have been amazing. If you have a problem, you can post in there and literally you'll get 50 answers, you know, 
And um, so anytime I'm having hurdles in the industry, um, I just ask, communicate, you know, and, um, and everyone's got, you know, great answers. So. So you've been in this game a long time. You hear that listeners. He's been in this game a long time selling and he's still asking for help. He's still constantly training. Like that's how you get to those big numbers. Can I ask a follow-up question there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So there are a lot of trainers out there. You've been to training seminars. You've been to all these different things. Like you have to pick up bits and pieces of stuff to kind of create your own craft. So what are some things you've drawn from that are like foundational to you that are like the core bones of how you engage with homeowners and how you sell so well? Yeah. So I've done all kinds of training over the years, you know, Joe Crisera, um, uh, shout out Gene, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Yeah. Uh, Gene Slade, um, airtime 500, you know, all their sales training, uh, Carl DeBenny that I've had a lot of, uh, impressions on me over the years. Um, and I've kind of created a, a pattern of, uh, what works for me and, and kind of developed on that, you know, and mainly I think it's more personality than anything else, to be honest. I mean, all the stuff that I've taken, Joe Crisera is kind of more of my style, um, for so self training. We do? So what should we do? What should we do? It's non-threatening. <laughs> it's low key. I'm very low key, uh, low pressure sales. Um, I ask the questions along the way and close the doors. So when it comes down to them buying, they just, they say yes you know, and I design a system that is personalized for them. So that's whole, uh, Joe Crisera's, you know, whole sales game is, you know, really designing a system that isn't shoppable, you know? Um, and it's personalized for that homeowner in their home. And that's so like that, that comes down to communication skill, right? Because that system could be apples to apple anywhere, but yeah. What's your process for like dialing that in? So it feels like, Oh my gosh, this is a custom tailored solution for my house that I can't get anywhere else. Well, we talk about airflow solutions. Uh, ducting is huge. I mean, I've gotten more into that. What's gotten me to 7 million over the last, you know, few years is really ducting. Um, I didn't duck work is underutilized and under checked. There's so many systems out there that people put in, you know, these 22 seer units on ducting that's 40 years old, falling apart, too small, and they never get the efficiencies out of the system. And so we talk about, you know, ducting, airflow, uh, dust levels in the home, um, you know, all kinds of different, you know, aspects that develop a, a system that is good for them, you know, and their home and their kids. And, and so it, it, you know, it's just asking questions along the way. A lot of it is just closing doors and understanding, you know, what their expectations are of this new system. And um, that, you know, there's nobody better to do it than us. And it's so much more than just like, oh, here's my comfort survey. Does anyone in the house suffer from, or no, who in the house suffers from allergies, right? Yeah. It's more than that. And that goes back to your, no, your piece, like connection, yeah, empathy. I feel like when you do those surveys, you're a robot. The customers know it. You know, they, it's just not genuine and, um, you got to make the experience genuine and, and, um, you know, and really be interested in them and, and not worry about time. You know, sometimes it's just, I sell jobs in 45 minutes and sometimes I sell jobs in six hours. So 
<laughs> you know, I'm the six hour guy. <laughs> Brent, you should harder heard, than others. <laughs> you should have heard uh, if you when you get a chance, listen to the episode with Joe Crisaro that we did, and him and Paul did a mock sales call, and Paul gave him the business. It was like a I was uncomfortable listening to it. I listened to it too. I, I did. <laughs> I did hear that one. It was crazy. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I mean, it was good. Paul, like, how could you not buy? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, exactly. It would have been irresponsible not to, even though I couldn't afford it at the time. <laughs> I found a flexible way to to make it a monthly payment. Yeah, exactly. Brent, what you'll learn about Paul is um, I've actually pushed him so far out of his normal shell um, that Paul would reach out to me and be like, hey, I'm looking at campers this weekend. And it would be like he'd take pictures of some like campers because him and his family like to camp. And I'm like, just pull the trigger, man. Buy the camper. Like, create this experience. Have all these great experiences. He'd go back and look at it. Go back and look at it again. And then he just rented one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he went and saved in a yurt. And now he now he camps in a tent. So he has good – like, he's getting closer. But I will commend you, Paul, that I pushed him into getting out of his minivan. <laughs> Into a, into a pickup truck and he put, and he got a super nice new truck. He's now a Ford guy. Um, but he puts, he put some new wheels and tires on that bike. He put some new shoes on a new truck. So like, this is Paul stepping out. So I'm really proud of him and seeing you step out of your comfort zone, buddy. I am too. And I got to tell you, man, my wife is looking at me. She's like, what has become of you? When, like, since when did you become a truck with, you know, wheels guy, but I don't know. I like it, man. It's uh, we work hard, right? Since you got to drive mine, like shit changed for you. <laughs> right. So um, I want to talk about time. So you made a mention earlier just a moment ago about sometimes it takes 45 minutes. Sometimes it takes six hours. When you sell $7 million, you have to be super efficient or you're going to have to run 15, 20 calls a day. Tell me what um, time management looks like. Like with $7 million in sales, can you even walk a job afterwards? Like what's the, what's your process? How do you manage your time? And let's talk about summer and then we'll talk winter. Yeah. So in the summer, I got a great team. Um, I have a follow-up team. I have a team that helps me with paperwork. Um, I do pretty much everything as far as financing goes. And, um, you know, I let the customers know right up front, you know, we can make this a three hour appointment or we can make this a 45 minute appointment. What would you prefer? You know, they always say 45 minutes. So we, we go in and, um, you know, I'm not trying to rush it, but yeah, in the summer months, we are um, very efficient, and I got an amazing team that helps me out. Um, I don't do this alone, you know, and um, so they literally, we have a system down where it's just, you know, with follow-ups, people calling, you know, I got girls in the office helping me with paperwork and getting stuff faxed over if need be, um, or emailed over these days, <laughs> Um so yeah, to do $7 million or, you know, I think last August, I almost hit a million dollars for one month. That was crazy. I mean, um, I was working, you know, six, Damn. seven days a week, uh, 14 hours a day. And I had a lot of help to do that. So, um, so yeah, when these people say, you know, I know there's another comfort advisor, Dale, it does 10 million, you know, he's got a lot of assistance, you know, this isn't yeah. something you can do on your own. I mean, you can do the sales aspect of it on your own, but um, the follow-up and callbacks and inspections and all that kind of stuff, there's a whole team behind the scenes that, that do that for me. And um, I'm really lucky to have such an amazing team. I know some companies, you know, struggle, you know, in that area. And um, we've, we've, we've got it dialed in. 
So what does it look like in terms of like closing in the home versus closing via follow-up, via text and email? Like, how do you manage all of that? So I would say 90%, 95% of my sales, I close on the spot in the home. Tell me more. Tell like a, what, like a what one is call it? Close? Like a yeah. one call close? Yeah, I hardly go back. I mean, maybe a one or two a week, I'll go back. And that's strictly because we just weren't able to get it done. If so, that seven million dollars I do um, doesn't include if I have to send. Sometimes I will send a sales guy back there um, to finish the job or to close it the rest of the way. I have a guy that I work with, and he gets credit for the sale if he if he gets it. And for me, you know, we split you know we split it uh, the compensation in half, but he takes over the finishing of the job and I can move on to the next one. You know what I mean? So that 7 million does not include anything that has been flipped over to the sales guy, but really that's 95% of the time I, I am closing it on the spot. And, and that's efficient because then you're not stuck hanging out with people like me yeah. who are like, well, let me see this model number versus this one and how much CFM. So I want to talk then, uh, I want to dig a little deeper here. So 95% of the, these you're closing on the spot. Um, what tool, technique, strategy do you use to get the homeowner to make a decision as opposed to giving you, you know, realistic objections, like they truly need to sleep on it? Yeah. Creating urgency. Um, you know, creating urgency can be done in a lot of different ways. And during the summer months, the urgency is already there here because it's really hot, you know, um, discounts, uh, IEQ, duck cleans, like stuff that can be thrown in to get the job done. I'd rather discount the job 500 bucks and come back, you know, two days later after they've shopped around and have to give them 2000 bucks off or, you know what I mean? whatever to get the job. If that, you know, we don't do that often, but I'm just saying like, you know, I, uh, I do whatever I can. I have a, a, you know, an understanding of myself that if I don't close a job right there on the spot, they ain't calling back. Right. Look at you. little stud. So yeah, they, they aren't calling back. I mean, if you're going to sit there and think that all these people are going to call you back, you're sitting by the phone waiting for these sales to happen. It's not going to happen. There's five, uh, hundred other contractors in Las Vegas that will answer the phone and get somebody out there same day to make the sale happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not happening. So do you, Bert, uh, do you guys, do you guys get to do, like, so from our end, because we've always focused on digital marketing for, you know, mostly HVAC and plumbing companies. One of the things that works really, really well for us to bring in new customers for, you know, for contractors is using same day service as a call to action. Um, yeah. or, or even next day service as a call to action. Is that what yes does? I mean, you get, I mean, the faster you get there, the better your odds, right? Yeah. I mean, the longer that job sits uninstalled and on the schedule, the, the percentage of cancellation goes way up, you know, because there's other contractors that will get out there same day and install it. So yes, it's a very competitive market here. Um, we are like to be on same day install or next day install. Um, and I truly believe if I can't get it done and then, you know, in those time frames, um, that the job will, will move on and cancel, you know, I may not even have the opportunity to try to save it, you know? So. I, I, so, you know what? I just had an epiphany, Paul. You ready? Ready. Um, and Brent, like, 
this is the perfect case scenario. I've got your retirement plan. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rhino HVAC. <laughs> and you can be my salesman. Done. Retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. What you're if- like a business within a business. Yeah. So that you've put yourself yeah. in a really good position. Yeah. AR- ARS owns yes. And you know, they, they tell me all the time that they're, they're, they have branches that don't even do 7 million. So yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a business here and I do get a lot of referrals and, um, from friends and family and stuff. And I probably do a million, million and a half just from that. So, um, I like to post on social media and some of the guys make fun of me, you know, about jobs we did and this and that, but, but you know what? I sold a million dollars off of Facebook and Instagram this year. You know what I mean? So laugh laugh at that. What's (laughs) hey, Hey, quickly. So let let me break that down. What does a commission look like to you off of a million dollars? Just a roughly, just rough. I know it kind of, it might vary, but what, like, what does that look like? hundred thousand. See, I mean, come on, laugh at that. It looks like that big green boat behind you that I see. (laughs) If you you can't see, he's like in this pristine white garage on a leather couch. And I believe that is, is that a Honda Honda Odyssey in the background? Yeah, right. (laughs) That is an Audi Audi R8. Those do not have sliding doors, do they? No. I've, nope, they're regular I've, doors. I've got a Tesla Model X. It's got Falcon doors. Is that is that cool? Those <laughs> are super on. cool too, though. <laughs> That's your wife. Yeah, so <laughs> it's my wife's car. <laughs> yeah, if if there's salespeople out there listening right now, like if if you think that people are gonna call you back, it is not happening. You know what I mean? Do whatever you can to get the job sold on the site, on site. You know, um, you know. Of course, you're gonna get a few here and there, but you know, the market is so competitive anymore. There's so more companies than there ever has been before. You know, the marketing is on point with a lot of these companies. And if you don't sell the job when you're there, they are calling around yep. yeah. and they will get a new unit today. So, so imagine that is, that is super insightful. And, um, and I'm the kind of guy who'd be like, oh yeah, they're going to call me back. They're going to call me back for sure. Yeah. They just wanted to sleep on it, whatever. <laughs> um, that's true. If you were to train your replacement, so let's say you got promoted and you get to do do whatever, but you've got to train your replacement. What are the secrets that you're giving him to your success? Like how can you, and here's the deal. You're still working at yes, right? So you need this $7 million performer. Who do you look for and how do you train him? Wait a second. Before you answer that question, Brent, I'm going to give you a second to think about that. Here's why this doesn't matter who's listening in your own backyard. Because still, no matter what he teaches them, it's going to come down to this relationship, the empathy, the genuinely caring piece is yeah. the difference, the differentiator. I think I could teach somebody to do, you know, the basics of things of, you know, asking questions, what questions to ask, you know, talking with customers, but you cannot teach somebody empathy or, you know, um, humility or, um, you know, gratitude Um or getting on a customer's level of, you know, of where they are in life, you know, that's just something that has taken, you know, 18 years to develop and understand customers and people, you know, and it's, and um, so I couldn't train, I don't know that I could train an exact replacement of myself. Um, I could probably train somebody to do really well, but I don't think that that I could, um, I, I would have to find somebody personality wise that I liked that I thought was, you know, 
um, that's going to fit the parameters of, of my, my own personality, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have a good answer. I'm going to piggyback on that real quick. There's probably a lot of things that had you more time to sit and think through like process wise that you would do. Um, but those are the core, the core things from your success. And I agree with that. And I'll tell you one thing that we've done since the beginning, Rhino's a 12 year old company, almost 13 years old. Um, but one thing that's super important to me and you guys both know this, um, is these Rhino service days. Like last, like last Friday, we shut the office down and every employee goes and serves somewhere together. Now I'll tell you why, because if you don't automatically have that built into you, I've found, and I believe that is a core function of a human being that makes you successful by the way. So what we've done is we shut down the office and that's a lot of, that's a big payroll to shut down, to have no productivity. Right. But it's not about the short-term savings. It's about the investment into the human beings that work for us. Because if you go and serve somewhere together, it's really hard for you not to feel good about going and giving something to someone else that has no benefit back to you, right? There's not, you're not doing it and expecting something in return. I guess what you get in return is you get to feel good about what you're doing. But that's how we've tried to figure out how to invest into our employees beyond just their education um, requirements and, and things like that is if you put, a, put everybody in a real life situation where you're giving to others and you understand whom you're giving to and what they're going through, it creates these feelings, these emotions, which is exactly what you get into when you're selling in the home is you're getting on the customer's level. You're listening to them. They're venting to you. So now there's emotion going back and forth. And once that emotion starts to happen, the sales process has begun yeah. and the sales process is real if you genuinely care. So I would say, and I would imagine both you two would agree is if I was sitting in Brent's shoes and I'm this phenomenal sales guy in HVAC and I had to train my next person, I would invest so much in time, like beyond the technical stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of technical things that might come up, but still I would invest time in their mind, their mindset, like you talked about, um, you know, understanding people, maybe the more, the more of the psychological aspect of the sale, I would find to be probably a core piece of what I want them to focus on. Because if you can be a really solid human being that genuinely cares and listens and you can, again, you, you don't even have to have all the answers. Even if you're a new sales guy, you don't have to have all the answers, but if you create that relationship, they're going to give you grace to go and find out the answers, but they're going to hang with you because you've already ended the process with them. Is that fair? Yeah. There's other thing too, is like, um, consistency, you know, you know, Ken Goodrich has told me many times that I'm probably the most consistent disciplined person that he's ever been w around. And, um, so that, you know, being disciplined to be consistent, even when you don't want to be, you know, um, I literally like my, my fiance would tell you, I get up, I have the same routine every morning. I put my shoes on in the same spot. You know, I'm out of the house at the same time. And um, so I'm very consistent and predictable and, um, you know, almost military style. And I, I think I got that from my dad, you know, um, and that's another characteristic that you really just can't, you know, teach. I mean, that's something that somebody can develop over, you know, a long period of time. But, you know, being disciplined and, um, to, and to be able to stay consistent, even when you don't want to you know, is, is a, a huge factor in uh, your success, successes and sales, you know? 
You know, I'm surprised, and, and I had the same vibe from Dale that we talked to before. I'm surprised at how humble you are. We've not talked before, but for you and Dale to together do almost $20 million a year and for do you have like a true sense of humility is like not what I expected at all. But um, hey, real quick, I want to transition to less fuzzy stuff real quick. Um, <laughs> okay. I want to talk about equipment. So we know that the majority of the industry is basic efficiency, single stage, single speed, 14 seer, 13 seer, whatever. Where do you fit into that mix? Uh, most of the stuff I sell is 16 sear and higher. We offer basically a two-stage option and a inverter option on our high efficiencies. Mm-hmm. But you know, my whole my whole sales process to that is, is that I truly believe in inverter. I have inverters on my house. You know, Same. like if you're going to go and spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars on an AC unit, why why not spend a little bit more and get an inverter? You know. Um, it just doesn't even make sense, you know. Like some, like I, some of these companies, like I've seen out there, sixteen thousand dollars for a two-stage, you know, variable speed, and they want twenty grand for an inverter system. It's like, you know, this system you have to live with for the next fifteen to twenty years. You know, like don't don't shortcut yourself, you know, over a few thousand dollars. I mean, that's not going to matter in next in a couple years, you know but the system you have in your home is going to matter, you know? So, um, I do, I truly believe in it. And you, I, I believe you're going to sell what you believe in. You know, if you believe that your prices are too expensive and, um, you know, the best value is the basic unit, then you're going to sell nothing but basic units, you know, um, which is most of the industry, like you were saying, um, you know, I truly believe that there's value in inverter systems. I mean, if there's any place in the country you want to buy an inverter unit, it would be here or Phoenix, right? So, yeah. I mean, so, and then we go into, you know, duct work, you know, you know, why would we put an invert, you know, I, I try to sell the equipment first and then duct work second, because we could always put an inverter unit on old ducting, but it'll work, but you're not going to get the same efficiencies or airflow that you want. And um, so, I typically will sell the equipment first and then, then talk about, you know, adding in ducting and, and really um, mastering the, you know, the efficiency of what you can get out of these systems. Weird. He said he sells what he believes in. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and that's the missing link. And that's, that's the part that's unscalable because I've been in many of rooms um, you know, small level, big level where, where, trying to figure out how to sell more high efficiency stuff because it helps the whole industry and it helps the consumer. Right. And it, it creates a sense of advocacy and more comfort, blah, blah, blah. But very few people are able to really move the needle. Well, it's like, you know, we have these IAQ sales training guys come in and, you know, guess what happens? You know, they come in they talk about the UV light and the air purifier. And then one day, and then guess what happens? We sell 10 of them that day, you know, because everyone's talking about it and they believe in it. And then it, you know, it, 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 you know, dissipates over time and, you know, we go back to our normal, you know, one or two a day. So it's what you believe in and what you truly think is the best interest of the customer. You know, you're really, the customer doesn't know air conditioning for the most part, you know, they're relying on you to provide options for them that will be best. And in my opinion, and the way that I sell the best option, isn't the cheapest option, you know? What, so what's your go-to package for IAQ? Um, we're using um, 
like you, you mean brand wise? Uh, just technology brand, a little bit of everything. Yeah, we're using the Apco. Um, I don't sell a lot of IEQ. Um, we use this the Apco and the Dynamic Solus air cleaners. Um, but on the um, inverter systems, I, I we uh, do I do sell the uh, Carrier Infinity air purifier with that. So um, anytime they buy an inverter, it comes with that. Uh, um, you're a carrier guy. Yeah, we're we're, we're a carrier uh, dealer. Yeah, got it. I'm gonna give a little shout out to KG because we talked about him a couple times because he actually uh, during this whole pandemic um, donated an IEQ system to your boy Chris uh, for my family. So nice. Yeah, he's... below that hard exterior, there's a little heart pounding away in there. <laughs> I know, I know he's listening. That's why I'm saying that he for sure oh. is gonna listen. <laughs> Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Chris's Tesla is charging in a much more pure environment now. Thank you, Certainly Ken, so is. much. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate that. I want to, um, we're getting, we're going to, we're probably, we're getting super close on time. So I want to ask one important question I think is really, um, that I really think our listeners will want to hear. We've talked about a lot of the good, um, and, and Paul, you've asked some great uh, technical questions that I don't know to ask because I didn't grow up in that world. But I want to talk about, um, we talked about all the cool things that are happening, all the things that you that you believe have helped you become successful, what you believe in in regards to product. Um, but let's talk really quick about like mistakes because um, it's equally as important to, um, you're going to make mistakes. That certainly is going to happen and it, and it still happens. Um, it's just that you have to, uh, like sometimes you uh, your greatest successes come on the back of learning from those mistakes too. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that, that you've made along the way so that maybe those listening haven't made them yet, but know they're coming. But what are some, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you think that you've made or come across uh, along your way to being a $7 million man? I mean, my biggest mistakes probably are, you know, relationship wise, you know, with um, my installers or the GM and um, you mean like not getting along, like fighting or whatever, or just, not, not so much getting along, but lack of communication. Oh, okay. Um, Put them in a lack of, spot. Yeah. Over, over the years, you know, not now, but in the past, you know, lack of appreciation um, of, for what they did for me or they do for me or the GM and, and um, maybe being too greedy in the past as well, you know, um, because I, I've made the most amount of money now, you know, versus back then when I was, you know, nickel and diamond everything and so you know you can't sweat the small stuff and you gotta be uh you gotta show your your team appreciation for what they do you know because without them there isn't seven million you know that's true and um so i i do give a lot of credit to them and um and over the years you know my biggest mistake is not giving enough credit and trying to take all the credit for myself and um it's made me a little bit more humble over the years you know and um so i would say that's my biggest mistake i mean technically on the field mistakes are going to be made you know um wrong equipment's going to be ordered you know sometimes you you get into situations where you know the customers get upset about certain things being done a certain way or this way and not communicating it so it comes down to communication Okay. In relationships. Did, did you, did you ever early on, um, 
oversell and learn from overselling. What do you mean by that? I just mean like, did you sell something more than you felt like that that person should have bought? I feel like that's um, stuff I've heard along the way from people. I mean, it's pretty, I ask that because you, you're pretty self, you're pretty self-aware and you're, and you're humbled now, but it's okay to go back and be like, yeah, yeah I might've done that. You know, I don't know. In the air conditioning industry, you know, what I think I oversold at the time, you know, was, you know, maybe, you know, it's hard to know. I don't know. I can know. I, I never, yeah. I don't remember anything, you know, specifically about overselling, okay. you know, but, um, I've always given options and, and to this day, I always give options from the highest equipment we sell all the way down to the, the least, you know, and I've heard people go in and, you know, say, well, you know, I, I only believe in the 16 series. So I only give them that option or, you know, or I only talk about the bottom line option, but you never know who's going to buy. I mean, you can't prejudge a book by its cover and, and I mean, I've sold 22 sear inverter systems on a trailer because they wanted it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> they wanted it. Now, in my opinion, did, <laughs> did I think that it was worth it? You know, no, but they wanted the best of the air, best of the best because they wanted extended warranties. They wanted air purification and it wasn't my decision. You yeah. Know? Don't spend their money. So, for them, right. So you know, a lot of people would have probably tried to talk them out of it. I mean, I don't know. So I want to give you an opportunity to spend someone's money for a moment. So imagine your GM pulls you in and said, Brent, awesome year. Let's, um, let's put together a plan to do 7 million again next year. We know you're good for about one, 1 1.5 through Facebook and Instagram on your own. Brent, <laughs> how should I spend my marketing budget so that you can have the best leads and the most opportunities to hit 7 million blank check? How do you do it? Uh, you better get probably. this right. You better get this right. <laughs> Probably Google. <laughs> really? Yeah. So yeah. tell I, I, now I know Chris. Or, so for those who can't see, Chris is pointing at our own brand, but that's a, that's a true answer. So tell me what you mean by probably Google. Well, probably more new customers from come from the internet than ever before. Preach. Um, also this time of year, marketing your own customer base is probably where we're getting most of our revenue from, right. you know, when, nice. when yep. the phones, so yeah, if you can market your own base, like, you know, the people you've been out to for a no cool this summer and call them up and talk to them about doing a tune up, you know, and maybe there was issues that you weren't able to get to when you're out there in you know middle of July, you know, and uh, or issues that you just overlooked because you were, you know, in a rush. So yeah, marketing your own base. And I don't know if you guys do that, but um, for customers, but I mean, I, it seems like that's where most of our revenue is coming from right now. You know, in these shoulder months, you know, in the, in the summer months and demand when demand's there, there's nothing better than, you know, the internet. Love it. Perfect. Well, I want to do this. Um, one, thanks man for spending, you know, 55 minutes with us so far. Um, that's Paul's favorite time for him is 55 minutes. Um, mm, so not too much, not too short. No, no, just right. Um, but again, we appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate our friendship. Um, it's cool to watch you like do your thing up there. Um, you know, it's, it's always, it's always really neat to me to see, uh, someone who's having so much success also be someone who's so humble. Um, and so I appreciate that about you and, um, and thanks for sharing all the information and what I, you know, one of my biggest takeaways from this, and it's something I'm super happy to hear you say is that, um, you attribute so much to being, a 
an empathetic, you know, being an empathetic person and also genuinely caring. And listen, when you mix those two things with um, passionately believing in what the quality of the product is that you're selling, I feel like it's unstoppable. So that's so how much, you feel so about inverters, man. I know that Ringy, yeah. he's listening to this thing too, feels the same way about inverters, yeah. but um, we appreciate you so much. I want to give you one last chance just to give final words to any of your peers or fi- or just some <clears throat> advice to uh, any of your peers that are listening, like any last minute takeaways you want to give them before we uh, sign off. Yeah. I mean, for all the salespeople out there that, you know, are discouraged because they aren't where they want to be, stay consistent and stay the course and you will get there. It takes a long time to master, you know, the, the, the sales game. I mean, it just does. It does not happen overnight. Stay the course and stay consistent. boy. Hey, do you care if any of our listeners want to uh, reach out to you directly and ask you any questions? No. Awesome. Um, they tag me on Facebook and you, you know, they can reach me through messenger. Yep. Also, I mean, if anybody reached out to us directly, I'll connect them with you too. But uh, man, I appreciate you, Brent. Um, keep kicking ass up there. I can't wait to see what even like the next five years looks like for Brent Buckley. I kind of had some cool conversations with you. So I'm yeah. interested to see how it all, how everything shakes out for you. But um, man, you're in the right markets. I mean, this, this whole Vegas, Phoenix market, I mean, this year was absolutely insane. Um, the heat yeah. lasted so long. It's been a great time. But our listeners, yeah. hopefully, uh, um, you know, you've got some boxes to check to take away. And, and again, when you listen to these podcasts too, from, from us too, we try to, you know, we try to do our best to spread out um, what you can take away from it, not from just a technical perspective, but even options. Like we're constantly as a company, as Rhino, we're always trying to find, you know, chase the technology. What can we do better for our customers? Um, what can we do better for our employees? Um, but again, a lot of this comes down to um, mindset and you as a human being. Can you be an A-plus human being with an A-plus product? I hope so. If you do, you've got the best case scenario. So Brent, I appreciate your brother. Tall Paul, thanks Thanks, as always, man, for uh, all your great questions. Um, And listeners, if you again, keep keep sending the reviews. That's like the most rewarding thing that Paul and I get is seeing the reviews that you leave. That's the entire reason that we do this is to give back to you. So um, one thing I was having a conversation with, um, you know, for those that are listening to is, is what I care most about is making people feel good. Um, you know, and we, the, the motto of Rhino is we exist to grow your business, period. That's it. That is the only reason that Rhino is in existence. And so the reason we created this podcast was to give back to those, because we can't work with everybody. We have, a, we hit a saturation point. We can't work with everyone, but my heart is to give back. So this allows me to give back to the masses in a way that we've never been able to before. So, and it's by having guests like Brent on sharing his story and the things that have gotten him to that level of success. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate you listeners. And we look forward to, uh, to getting this episode posted, which I believe again is going to be on, uh, on today because they're listening to it today. Well, hang on. So we're recording it today. That's a good point. So if you're listening today, it posted. Um, but we look forward to getting this thing released and listeners. We thank you so much until next time. We'll see ya. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.